0: the Steelers standard on Steelers nation radio and
1: podcast on Steelers.com. The sequel to for better or for (laughs) worse. The first sequel. If you want to listen to for better or for worse offensive side of the ball, you can at Steelers.com. That's where all of our episodes of Steelers standards live. They also live on Apple and Spotify, download and subscribe to Steelers standard. Please, please download and subscribe. Let's go over to the defensive side of the ball for better or for worse in the 2021 season, starting up front on that defensive line. You got Steph Tewitt. You got Tyson Alu-Alu, and you got Cam Hayward. So everybody's coming back uh, from the 2020 season. I kind of want to say they're going to be better this year. I I don't know if that's maybe cautious optimism or or what what I'm feeling here, but I think they're going to be a better unit. I think Steph Tewitt stays healthy for a majority of the entire season. Uh, didn't really have much injury problems last year, to be honest. He had the COVID problem. Yeah. But other than that, it was relatively healthy. And I think Alu-Alu and Hayward are always healthy, uh, or at least Alu-Alu's short track record in Pittsburgh has shown that he's always been healthy. But Hayward barely, rarely gets hurt. So I think these guys are going to get better. Uh, I think that, you know, they got – more chemistry together now after being together full-time last year for for the first time. You know, Tyson Ali really sliding into that role for the departure of Javon Hargrave. So uh, I think they had one year under their belt. Now they'll come into training camp. They'll have a full training camp together. They'll, they'll learn from each other, and I think that it will improve, and I think they will be for better. I guess the only question I would have is the depth behind these guys when they get hurt, and obviously I think the worst – Guy to get hurt might be Alu Alu, just because I know it and Hayward are much better players than him, but when Tuit or Hayward goes down, Alu Alu can bump to the outside. And the deepest part of this defensive line is at the nose tackle defensive tackle position because there's not much at the defensive end spots.
0: Right. Yeah. Um and, and I mean I think to answer the original question, I, I think that um I don't think they're going to get worse. I don't think the the defensive line will get worse. Obviously, an injury you know, knock on wood, that would definitely derail things. But if everybody stays healthy, I think this is, you know, the same, if not better, of, of, a, uh, of a unit. I mean, it's pretty tough to believe that the the combination of alo alu and Hayward would get any worse, especially if they're all still clicking at all cylinders like they were at points last season. I mean, we've talked about this a lot, but it was so important to get Tyson Alualu back and for him to kind of have a change of heart and, and come back to Pittsburgh rather than, go to Jacksonville because we've talked about it a lot. Like you don't know what you have at the nose tackle position. And um, you know, probably one of those guys is going to end up being cut bugs or, or Davis, um, you know, and you have Chris Wormley still that, you know, is a serviceable guy that can even, he can bump out a little bit and play defensive end if you're in a pinch too. So yeah, I mean, I think that this is a, a decent enough, um, you know, line. Um, and I know the backups aren't exactly ideal at a few positions, but the starters are good, and if, if you have one or maybe two guys that can come in and spell every now and again, you're looking at a pretty good defensive front. And, um, you know, again, I think uh, it was a big step forward for, for Stefan Tewitt last year to not really have many injury problems. You said, you know, the COVID thing, but that's not, you know, anybody's fault. Um, I think it was a big step forward for him, and I think this upcoming year is kind of a, a – I don't want to say a prove-it year for Steph it because I think he's still – Um, A really good player, but he wasn't that dominant player that we saw, what, two years ago before he was out for the remainder of the year. He was, like, averaging a sack a game through the first, like, five or six games. We haven't seen him to that level yet. I have a weird feeling that maybe this upcoming year will be, like, that breakout, that resurgence of stuff to it. I really believe that. I
2: don't think it's outlandish at all for us to say that the D-line will be better just because – these are three guys who were starters last year who are returning to play with each other next year. I mean, the best ability, I think, in the NFL is, available, is availability, but the second best is compatibility. And we know how well these guys work together. So the fact that Tyson opted to return when he had a deal on the table to to go to Jacksonville, I think, is a huge huge thing for this team to say hey we we would rather be together than be apart so i i don't see any reason to believe that this guy that this that tyson or any either stefan to or cam hayward or collectively the three would take a step back i i, I definitely see room for improvement next year and they they may even be hungrier next year just because of what happened last year the finish of, of the season they may they may want to say hey we recognize ourselves the three of us as probably the most stable unit on defense when you look at d-line linebackers inside and out and the secondary there is no more formidable group among the defense than those three guys up front so they may say hey we want to be the anchor of this defense for real so let's get this let's get this job done and like I, I don't think it's outlandish at all for us to say that they could improve next year.
1: But it is concerning the depth behind guys like Toitt and Hayward.
2: Yes, uh, oh well yeah, of course. With,
1: you know, they're deep at defensive tackle, Carlos Davis, Isaiah Bugs, and Chris Wormley. I guess the hope would be for Chris Wormley to get the second spot on the depth chart right behind Alu Alu just because, you know, you re signed him, you brought him back this year. Although it wouldn't be terrible to have a guy like Bugs or Davis take that next step as a guy you drafted and become a solid second uh, tier depth chart kind of player for the Steelers, but that's the one part that would concern me about the defensive line is the depth. Yeah, if there is injury, then I think that it could really fall off the top or, or the it could really fall off the table as far as the production from that front, but. I think that I'm willing to bet on them for staying healthy for the most part and maybe two it misses a game or two here or there and Wormley has to step in as alley alley bumps to the outside. That's something that you can live with in the NFL yeah. is a couple games with a backup making a couple starts. So, yeah, I just don't think that although depth might be their Achilles heel, I don't think that Achilles heel will be exposed this year.
0: No, and, and I mean, I think you could make that case for any position group that we talk about. One injury could really derail it. I mean, there's no question and – especially at the positions and even more so on the defensive side that you're not exactly, um, you know, deep at, you know, you got a, a couple question marks with a third and, and second string guys, an injury could really kill you. But with that, you know, with that in mind and saying that all these guys hopefully will stay healthy for a year. Yeah. I think this is a, a, a pretty darn good defensive front. It has been for years and, you know, at some point it is going to slow down, but I don't see it being this year.
1: The outside linebackers, TJ Watt and Alex Highsmith become the starters at this position. Alex Highsmith taking over for Bud Dupree. I am going to say for worse, I think that it's hard to replace a guy like Bud Dupree and the kind of productivity that he brought opposite of an absolute superstar in TJ Watt. I don't think T.J. Watt will have a worse season. I think T.J. Watt has the ability to have a better season. I think T.J. Watt will definitely have a harder season ahead of him with the attention that he will be given, especially out of the gate. Alex Highsmith, if you can rack up some sacks early, that would be much appreciated. But it's just hard for me to see Bud Dupree to Alex Highsmith and say, yeah, they'll be for better on that outside linebacker course. So. I don't know if the drop will be that dramatic but it's just natural for them to regress a little bit this season yeah. as they break in a first year starter second year player in Alex Highsmith.
0: In you know I think that's a very fair point. I think um I think they do take a little bit of a step back and that's just because Highsmith isn't dev or isn't um Bud Dupree. He's just not yet. I mean I know that it took Bud a couple years to um, you know, get to where he is now and to get to, you know, make what, $16.5 million a year. Uh, I understand that. And I understand it took a couple years. And, you know, some people are saying that Highsmith was better uh, at this point than Bud was at this point in their careers. And that's, you know, I think that's a little bit of an unfair comparison because we've only seen Alex Highsmith start for what, six games, Bud Dupree was a starter pretty much his you know, rookie and, um, you know, second year. Um, so I think it's a little bit of an unfair comparison, but now, um, it we'll see, you know, I think, I think Highsmith has a ton of potential. I think he's going to be a good NFL player, but it's just a natural regression. I mean, you go from Bud Dupree, like I said, a guy that's making 16 and a half million dollars a year. And, Um, You know, you go to a a guy from Charlotte and that's not knocking Charlotte. That's not saying that he doesn't have potential because he absolutely does. But, you know, if, if you look at this, this outside linebacker group and say without question, they're going to be better or just as good. I think you're being a little bit of a homer, to be fair with you. I really do, because I mean, I know that TJ Watt is great and I know that he's probably the best, if not the second best defensive player in football. But how good are you when you're getting double teamed every single play? I know he gets double teamed a lot. I know he gets chipped out of the backfield a lot. But how good are you when you're going to get double teamed almost every time? To your point, Tom Highsmith has to get to the quarterback early. I mean, he's got to, if he, if he can't sack him, he's got to at least create some pressure. He's got to at least be around there. And then all of a sudden, maybe this conversation changes. But at least right now, the way I'm looking at it, they have to take a step back. And it's not anything against them. I just think it's a natural step back.
2: Yeah, I I completely agree, and I don't think there's really any spin to this either, unless you want to be superly homer biased in this in this position because you're losing Bud Dupree, who got the money that he deserved from Tennessee, and it's someone that you really didn't want to lose, but it was inevitable just because of the lack of cap space that the Steelers had to work with this year, and it's not like you want to point the finger to or. Make the comparison to when Javon Hargrave left and you had Tyson Aluella in waiting. You knew Tyson was good. There really is a lot of uncertainty left to be determined uh, with Alex Highsmith. And, you know, if you want to say that, oh, well, there were still question marks about Bud's career early on and maybe he's just a late bloomer like Bud, sure, but we're talking about next year. And if you want to make that comparison to Bud, well, Bud wasn't fantastic his first couple of years. So. Right,
0: so that should maybe give you a little bit of an indication of right. what's to come.
2: But, I mean, every player is different. So. Absolutely. But you're replacing Bud Dupree. It's not an easy task. Those are big shoes to fill. And the fact that there was no Batman and Robin there at the outside linebacker position means that T.J. Watt's numbers could take a step back. So it's it's—unless you really want to give it a homer spin— uh, this probably will be a step back for the unit as a whole, but maybe not so much a step back for TJ. It's just can he overcome this obstacle of playing without his number his number one guy?
1: Yeah, and I think that's a tough obstacle to overcome. Uh, I think it won't be from lack of effort, though, that's for sure. No, absolutely not. And uh, I do hope that he has a better year, uh, TJ Watt, an even better year than he had the past season And do hope that he gets the defensive player of the year award that he so desperately craves and rightfully. So Uh, moving on to the inside of that position group. So we got the defensive line being for better, the outside linebackers being for worse, the inside linebackers. I think it's going to be for worse. And I guess it depends on what point you're, you're looking at as for reference in the 2020 season, because they didn't have Devin Bush for the majority of their games. So, if you want to make the argument to me that since Devin Bush is coming back, really the inside linebackers last year were Spillane and Vince Williams. Now it's Devin Bush and Spillane, then I would say, yeah, that's an upgrade. I think they will be for better there. But yeah. if you want to talk about what it was going into the season, Vince Williams and Devin Bush, if they were fully healthy. I think they have taken a step back because I'm not so sure that Robert Spillane is ready to reach the level that Vince Williams is at. Not to say Vince Williams is at some unreachable level for a guy like Robert Spillane. It's just Spillane probably got the tires pumped a little too much after the uh, hit that put him on the map against Derrick Henry and the Titans. Um And he played decent throughout the rest of the season. Uh, Obviously, he also had the pick six against the Baltimore Ravens. which He made some big plays. He had his splash plays, no question about it. And I think that that's the reason why he's getting handed the keys here is because he had those splash plays. But uh, I think you have a Devin Bush and a Vince Williams, you'd be better. I I think this is another position group, unfortunately, that I'm going to have to say is going to be for worse in the 2020 season. I agree. So the linebacking core as a whole, outside, inside, going to get a little worse, hopefully. But – definitely not better
0: no I don't think they get better and and uh, again we understand why this move happened you know younger cheaper uh, that's kind of been the theme especially with how stricken they were for cap as the Steelers were this year you know you understand it um, but you know when you look at it uh, I don't know if Spillane can do it consistently for 16 straight games we haven't seen that yet and again I know he made splash plays I know he had that pick six against the Ravens that was huge might have been the difference in the game um, you know, had the big stop on, on on Derrick Henry. I get that he's made his plays. Um, you know, every Joe Schmo in the NFL can make a play every now and again. Like you wouldn't be there if you weren't at least a right. little bit good you capable know I mean? of making a play. Right. So, again, I'm not saying that Spillane is a stiff or that he can't play because I think that he can. But I'm looking a little deeper than this, too. Like I'm looking at. You know, one of the uh, what the left inside linebacker position, as as it stands right now, Marcus Allen is your second inside linebacker. Now, I like what Mark and Marcus Allen did at the end of last year, you know, kind of getting thrust into that role and playing an unfamiliar kind of situation um, in spurts. I like what he did, but, I mean, are you going to tell me that the inside linebacking group is going to get better with losing Vince Williams? Um, I know you lose Avery Williamson, but he really didn't factor into this. And uh, Marcus Allen is your number two and it's Blaine has a start that that doesn't get better for me. I, I think you're crazy if you think it gets better.
2: Yeah, I agree, too. It, it, but it's all dependent on your point of reference. As Tom said, do you say, right, do you compare it to the start of 2020 when you had a you expected a full season from both Devin Bush and Vince Williams? Or is it from the end of 2020 when Vince Williams has now been cut? Devin Bush is now recovering from an injury. I think, though, regardless, I mean, you got to say it's not going to get much better than what you got from the 2020 output. It's it's unfair to say, oh, you have to compare it to what you were expecting because what you're expecting, what you get is not always going to be the same. So you have to compare it to what you got and what you got wasn't great and what you're left with isn't great I mean I'm not saying I'd be 100% sold on this inside linebacker crew if Vince Williams was still on the team right I, I
0: don't think you would be
2: no 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 No. so but it doesn't even matter because with Robert playing as you said Callan, yeah I mean he can get a starting job with the Steelers and that's just because he made a couple of plays and he's now familiar with the team but there aren't teams clamoring around clearly to get Vince Williams on the roster right if Robert Spillane was a free agent you wouldn't see any media hype saying who's gonna win the Robert Spillane sweepstakes so it's just a question of how much can you get out of Devin Bush but even so just regardless of what he can put out I mean it's gonna be hindered a little bit by the guys filling in that second spot whether it's Robert Spillane and when when Spillane needs to take a snap or a drive off, whoever will fill that role for him too.
0: I hear, and I don't want this to, you know, sound like we're, you know, saying that the inside linebackers are going to be awful because it is huge to get Devin Bush back and hopefully Absolutely. he's 100 percent and he can play a full season. Um, but you know, it's it's going to be tough for him to, you know, be. You know, we've we've talked about Batman and Robin with with, with Bud and TJ, but he has to be like Batman and Superman on steroids. You know what I mean? Like he's got to be both. He's got to be Batman, Robin, and Superman in order to cover for Robert Spillane. And again, I'm not saying that Spillane can't play because he can, but he's just not to that level. It's a tall order. It is a tall order, absolutely. But again, getting Bush back is huge. I mean, it's it's a big deal for the Steelers. It gives them that speed back, but getting him back doesn't cover up everything in the the inside linebacker room. It's
1: razor thin as well at that position group <laughs> yeah. too. Right now, it's Yuli Gilbert the third and Marcus Allen Ugh. as your backup inside linebackers. Also interesting, you know, you noted how Vince Williams, no one signed him yet. Avery Williamson is also still out there. And yeah. You know, Possible it was that very exciting back, whenever yeah. the Steelers made that move for Avery Williamson. It was, oh, the Steelers made a trade and never really panned out, I think, in the ways that many people in the fan
0: base hoped it would have Now, him. Now, if, say if after the draft the Steelers don't address or they wait later to get an inside linebacker, whatever it is. Say the Steelers bring Vince Williams back on a team-friendly deal cheap. Um, would you feel better? Better about their I would think it would be court. for better then I would yeah. say for better just because uh, you trust you're Devin Bush to whole... be healthy
1: for their whole season and that core that linebacking group would be better so yeah I well because then so.
0: Spillane would be the three too
1: right exactly which sure. is a lot better okay true. So,
2: but but I mean you don't you're not getting the Vince Williams from 2016 2017 right of course but I'm getting Devin
1: Bush and, and yeah. I think Vince Williams is better a compliment he to him even offers. in 2021 more yeah. so than Robert Spillane. As far as I'm concerned, the cornerbacks, Joe Hayden and Cam Sutton, the starters, Steve Nelson getting let go by the Steelers and that whole saga has really been one of the main storylines for the offseason in Steelers Nation. Uh, So they go with Hayden, they go with Cam Sutton. That means James Pierre and Justin Lane are the two guys sitting behind both of them uh how could you say it's going to be for better when you kind of forced your best cornerback from last year out the door and by the way you also lost Mike Hilton as well so you lose two incredibly key contributors to that position group in the 2020 season Uh, I have to say for worse as far as the corners are concerned for the Steelers and I didn't even get to the point that Joe Hayden is just an aging veteran in this league and can't expect his play to remain at a high level forever and no. it's even started to drop off a bit as of late so and y- you hate to see that with joe but you know time father time comes for no waits for no one right yeah i said that in you know for better or for worse episode one so see how that comes back around like that guys it nice. does it's good cool. job it's called full circle it does and, and That's look how you make a good sequel
0: i mean i think when you look at the corners you know i I've talked to a few people that think I don't know how they they think this but they think that Cam Sutton right now is better than Steve Nelson. I'm like Mm-mm. how can you how can you judge that? What's Mm-mm. that based off of? Um you know Nelson at least was out there against number 1 guys, number 2 guys and and this isn't a knock on Sutton. We've all said on the show we that, like Sutton that if you know you have Sutton and Hayden like if those if that's your one and two, yeah, you can live with that. That's decent enough. That's middle of the road in the NFL. You can survive, you can win with that. Absolutely. But it's the guys behind them, too. I mean, it's Lane, it's James Pierre. Like, those are the guys that are going to have to play this year. They absolutely have to see the field this year um, when they're on defense. They're absolutely going to see the field. You know, you're going to tell me that you trust James Pierre and Justin Lane. I don't. Uh, And that's not necessarily a knock on them, but I don't trust them because they haven't played at this level. Yeah, it's
2: not a knock. It's just because. There is no experience. Yeah, how, there is no tape to really show that. How can capable. you?
0: How can you trust what you see in the cornerback room? How can you trust Pierre and Lane when they've barely been asked to play defense in their careers with the Steelers? I know Pierre joined last year and was signed more as a special teams guy, but that kind of goes to my point. Like, yeah, you drafted Justin Lane in what the third round, a handful two years ago. Now this will be his third year in the league, but he's only played special teams for you. How, how can you have confidence? 100% confidence in the fact that you know this cornerback room is going to be better. Now I know, you know, you, you with the with the idea of drafting them, you hope that they, you know, turn out to be players and you have confidence in them. I get that. But again, they haven't played defense for you yet. That's scary. That's really scary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, it
1: definitely is. There's still the prospect of them going out and taking a corner in yeah. the draft, but it wouldn't probably be until the 3rd round at the earliest for that to happen and then is
0: it a Justin Lane situation
1: or yeah and even beyond that it's like I said hard for rookies to find playing time on the field with the Pittsburgh Steelers in their rookie season so who knows where he would even find himself on the depth chart if you did go out and draft a a rookie at that position group but they're going to be exposed I think and I think a lot of teams are going to want to try to bring out their nickel package because that's going to bump Sutton inside and it's going to make a lane or Pierre have to play on the outside so I could see a lot of teams trying to put out some multiple wide receiver sets, trying to force the Steelers' hand into that nickel package where they can really find an absolute weakness to exploit with one of their better wide receivers playing on the outside against a lesser
0: defensive back in Pierre Lane. And, Tom, I think that's a great point, and I think that's something that, you know, with the optimists, and there's nothing wrong with being optimistic when you look at the corners, when you look at your team, whatever it is, but that's a point that I don't think has been – stressed enough like when this when the Steelers go nickel Sutton's going to have to play inside and that means that that Lane or Pierre is going to have to guard what a number two wide receiver I I mean how how can you, you how can you have confidence in that working out not only some of the time but the majority of the time how can you see that happening how can you see that working out a lot I don't see it you know what I mean like teams are going to make them go to the nickel They're going to bring three or four wide receiver sets out. So they can't just be in their base three, four defense. Um, And again, I think, Tom, like you said, expose is a good word. And it's not necessarily exposing Hayden or Sutton. It's exposing the guys behind them.
2: Right. And I think, too, it's like when the past couple of years when Pierre and Lane were on the team, if you even saw them out there for one play, I mean, this is not their fault. But if you saw them out there for one play, you just thought that you would pray just get that play over with as soon as you can to get either Sutton or Hilton or Nelson or Hayden if any of those guys had just taken a snap off just to collect themselves. You didn't want them out there. And that was just for one play. And it's not necessarily fair to say that just because you don't know exactly who they are. But still, there's no indication to say that, oh, they are just you know a diamond in the rough kind of something waiting to, to get the exposure that they need to become a star. There, there is no indication of that whatsoever. So, as you said, Kellen, you know, to see them out there for an extended period of time is is scary. It's not what you want as a fan or as a as a member of that team. So, yeah, I mean, there's with the way the off season was handled. Really, it's it all comes back to the Steve Nelson thing that you got to say. Just you don't even have to include the names of Lane. You don't have to include the name of James Pierre. Just talk about the handling of Steve Nelson's contract, and you can tell just by how poorly that was handled that this quarterback cornerback room is worse off.
1: And finally rounding things out in that secondary and for the defense as a whole, the safety group of Terrell Edmonds and Minka Fitzpatrick. I'm gonna go for better in this one. I think Minka continues to improve as he works towards his prime as a superstar in the NFL and I think he will have a better season than he did last year even. Uh, And I think Terrell Edmonds is due for at least market improvement. Maybe not to the leap that you all hope he will take out there. But he's improved every year. He has slowly, but surely. And he's like kind of that Bud Dupree mold as far as improvement is concerned. And, you know, now he's getting up against that contract year too. So he wants to make that bank. He wants to make that money. Now's a really good time to kick it into gear if you're Terrell Edmonds. So I'm going to say for better as far as the safeties are concerned and uh, a lot of that has to do with Minka because I expect big things from Minka this year. I think he was still great last year, just a little quieter than he was in twenty nineteen season. I think he's gonna make a lot more noise in twenty twenty one.
2: Yeah,
0: I agree. I think the corners will be better. Um, and, and I think that's with an improvement of Terrell Edmonds. And I know you outlined that, you know, he we've talked about it a lot on this show. Like he probably is the weakest link, maybe not now with all the moves that have happened, but last year when this defense was at its height of its powers, like you know, you looked at that defense and you said that Trell Edmonds was probably the weakest link on it. And we've made the point like that's not a bad weak link not at to all. have. Yeah. Um, that's the a,
2: best bad link you can yeah, have.
0: I mean, I, I mean, that's a guy that started for you for, you know, four years. You know, one of those guys, Tom, like you mentioned that, you know, you don't see a lot of rookies play a ton or start. Well, Edmonds did it. You know, he's played the most snaps probably in the last, you know, three years of any defensive back taken, I'm sure. Um, I mean, I think his rookie year, he played like 90% of the snaps, including special teams. That doesn't happen all that often. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think he's due for, um, you know, a step up. I think he's due to kind of step up because, as you mentioned, he's got the uh, the contract year coming up. And, yeah. and I know that, you know, it's kind of a cliche thing that everyone says, oh, there's a contract year coming up. Expect a big year from this guy. But I think it's real because, you know, there's the contract year for one. I think there's an extra team option on it next year after after the uh, 2021 season. So when I when you look at the safeties, I mean, you have Minka, who's an all pro, a perennial All pro. Um, you no matter really who you put back there, you feel pretty comfortable at the safety position. But with the added incentive and with Edmonds, you know, he's due to make a step Forward, and I don't really think he's been awful or bad at any stretch of it in his career. So yeah, I think you know, with 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 Minka being an all pro, and then Edmonds, who is a you know decent starter, I, I don't see how it gets worse. Yeah,
2: I agree, and I refer back to what I said about the D line. You know, other than availability, the best ability is compatibility. And these guys have played together for the past two years now. And I think they're comfortable lining up opposite of each other. And just another year under the belt, under their belt, they'll get to play to, with each other. And as we all know, Minka Fitzpatrick is a now two-time first-team All-Pro slash Pro Bowler. There's no reason to believe that he would take a step back. And with every year Terrell Edmonds spends in this league, he gets a little bit better. It's not drastic. It's not you know someone who went from undrafted to first team all pro but he's getting better and he's learning from his mistakes and it's a good sign of where his trajectory his trajectory will go to next year so yeah i think it's safe to say that this group will improve next year or be better off there it is that's it the ending of for better or for worse
1: part 2 on the next episode we go part 3 the special teams no. for the Steelers. No, I'm just spend kidding. spend 28 gonna minutes that. talking about Jordan Berry. We're not going to do that. On the next episode, we are going to get into a big-time retirement that shook the NFL world today. Also, one of the Steelers division rivals is sniffing around one of the remaining big fish in free agency, so... We'll talk about all that on our next episode of Steelers Standard. Thank you for listening to this episode. Go listen to our previous episodes by finding them at Steelers.com or Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. For Jacob Brecht and Kellen Gersky, I'm Tom Opferman. We'll talk to you on the next episode of Steelers Standard.